Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. In Ephesians chapter 3, the Apostle Paul prays that the Ephesian Christians would be rooted and established in the love of Jesus Christ so that he would dwell in their hearts by faith. Does Jesus consistently dwell in your heart, or is he only a passing visitor from time to time? Let's open our Bible now to Ephesians chapter 3 and look at this incredible opportunity we have to grow deeper in our relationship with Jesus Christ our Lord. Well, good afternoon and welcome to another teaching. It is a Saturday afternoon here in Texas and hopefully y'all loving on Jesus, loving on Jesus. Christine, are you loving on Jesus today? Peyton, you loving on Jesus today? Ian, are you loving on Jesus today? Corinne, are you loving on Jesus? There's nothing in our lives, nothing in our lives. If I say it another five times, will we get it? There's nothing in our lives that's more beneficial, more edifying than spending time with Jesus Christ, our Lord. Right, Kristen? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Okay. Thank you, Lord Jesus. All right. Continuing in uh, the book of Ephesians today, we have uh, Ephesians chapter 3 and um, finishing up chapter 3 here. Lord willing, verses 14 to 21. Just uh, just good stuff. Just Paul's going to give us uh, another incredible prayer here. In chapter 1, we, we learned the first prayer. And uh, since we started this book, I've actually been praying that prayer every day. And now I've been praying this prayer in, uh, in chapter 3 for about five days in addition to it. And uh, I mean, they're good prayers. When the prayers are in the Bible, we can know, right, Jason, that they're, uh, that they're prayers that the Lord is going to answer. So, Father, we do thank you for your word. We thank you for your mercy and favor and goodness on our lives. We we thank you for this book of Ephesians, Father. Um, we thank you that we have our Bible. But, Father, above all, we thank you for Jesus, our only Lord and Savior and Master and King. Lord Jesus, we thank you for becoming a human man for us. We thank you for living a perfect life for us. We thank you for dying a torturous death for us. And we thank you that you're alive and risen today and we worship you. Holy Spirit, we ask you to lead us and guide us now. We ask you to open our hearts now and give us eyes that see, ears that hear, hearts that understand. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Okay, all right, Ephesians 3, verses 14 to 21. Verse 14, Paul speaking, for this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the saints, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us to him be glory in the church 
and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Wow. Okay. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Wow. Okay. So Paul had just, um, had just gotten through explaining to them um, about how Jews and Gentiles are together now in one body, right? That whether you're of uh, Jewish heritage um, or, or not, right? Remember, if you're not Jewish, you're Gentile, biblically speaking, um, that we all have equal access to God um, in and through Jesus Christ our Lord. There is no favoritism, right? Um, and, you know, he ends up, you know, when he's, when he's finishing it up, he says in verse 13, I ask you therefore not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are your glory, right? Which is an incredible, uh, incredible verse. We talked about it last time that, um, you know, when we go through sufferings, right. And, you know, um, we continue to seek what the Lord has for us in the sufferings. And we, uh, um, you know, we continue to, to look to glorify Jesus in our difficulties and trials, um, then, then it's an encouragement to others. It's, it's a blessing to others. It's a, it's a help to others, right? Um, and so Paul says, I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are your glory. And again, sometimes it's hard for us to understand that when we're going through sufferings, it's Jesus, as I said last time, that has either caused the suffering in our life or the difficulty, or certainly he's allowed it to happen, right? So one way or the other, it has at least his passive approval, okay? He may not have caused it, but if it's there, he certainly allowed it. Um, and, and we're going to find out when we get to heaven, uh, very likely that there were countless thousands of times we would have suffered far, far more, but he did intervene and stop the suffering, right? Um, uh, you know, remember, uh, we have a triune God, God, the father, God, the son, Jesus, and God, the Holy spirit, one God, one being, uh, but three separate, distinct individual persons. And in Jesus Christ, we have relationship with all of them. Okay. Um, and we have no idea what goes on behind the scenes, right? Um, we have no idea how many times our heavenly father or the Lord Jesus or the Holy spirit has prevented sufferings or difficulties or persecutions or even death in our lives. Um, so thank you, Lord Jesus. So now moving into verse 14, Paul says, for this reason, I kneel before the father and basically saying not just in 13, but, but everything I've said, maybe even up to now in the whole letter, right? Certainly what he said, um, in chapter three, um, but really maybe everything, you know, for this reason, I kneel before the father, meaning, on behalf of the Ephesians, um, where he just said not to be discouraged because of my sufferings, which are your glory. For this reason, I kneel before the Father. Um, I was sharing with the uh, with the guys on uh, Tuesday that throughout the scriptures, and I don't have all the references now, um, but we consistently consistently see references to kneeling in prayer. Okay, um, in in our prayer lives, I mean, we ought to pray when we're driving our cars. We ought to pray when we're taking a walk. Um, we can pray when we're sitting on the sofa. Um, we can and should pray, you know, wherever we are. Okay. There's no limit. 
Um, and the Lord is certainly most concerned with the posture of our hearts, the humility of our hearts in prayer. But there is certainly a benefit to praying and getting down on our knees and praying and praying and humbling ourselves with a submissive attitude. I've told the guys, if you have young children, um, you know, before you put them to bed or at some time during the day, you ought to kneel down with them somewhere, whether, you know, in front of their uh, their bed or maybe in front of the sofa or, or wherever. Um, but kneel down with them and, you know, cross your hands and fold your hands together in, a, in just a posture of submission before Jesus and just... You know, pray on your knees with your children and let them have that uh, that reminder of you uh, as their parents, humbling yourself before the Lord um, with a submissive, po- uh, submissive posture um, and showing that to your children. And now, I mean, um, at least once a day. Uh, I will I will get down on my knees always before I go to bed at night. I get down on my knees. Um, I was reading. uh and Charles Spurgeon had uh, uh, one of the one of the one of the great preachers of times past in the the late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds. Um, Spurgeon said that that he he could not imagine how anyone would would go to sleep at night where they did not have control over their mental faculties, right? Because when we're sleeping, we're you know obviously now we're we're unconscious. And he could not imagine how anyone would go to sleep, and I'm paraphrasing, without committing themselves, their whole spirit, soul, and body, so to speak, into the hands of our God and Father and of our Lord and Savior Jesus and of the Holy Spirit. Um, And that was something I read, I don't know how long ago it was, might have been 10, 12 years ago, but I had added to my prayer life at that time, and maybe it wasn't that long, but where I would, you know, and now for the last, I don't know how long it's been, years, uh, I get down on my knees in prayer and I, and I pray for myself and then I pray for others. Right. Um, you know, um, I'll, I'll, you know, different people at different times. Um, I'm always praying for my wife and children, of course, and all that, and my son-in-law and the guys in the ministry. And then, you know, different people, different relationships I have in the, in the body of Christ, depending on, you know, um, who I'm working with at the time and, you know, who I spoke to that day or, um, you know, and I'll, and I'll pray for them as well. But C.S. Lewis said that, you know, that as human beings, we're animals and what our bodies do affects our soul. So when we get down in a kneeling position, right, in our body, when we physically get down, David, right, get down on our knees and pray and humble ourselves before our Heavenly Father or to the Lord Jesus or to the Holy Spirit, um, it it does benefit us. It, It does help us, so to speak, in humbling our heart. And so it's a good practice to kneel in prayer. Paul says here, you know, for this reason, I kneel before the Father. And so, again, continue to pray wherever you are, sitting, standing, driving, running, um, walking, um, you know, whatever you're doing is a good time to pray, right? Um, But do do look to make times um, throughout your day. Um, you know, where perhaps once a day you get down on your knees. And again, sometimes generally the prayer on my knees may be a minute or two minutes. It's not necessarily a long prayer, um, but it's just a good habit to get into. And as I said, it's, it's, uh, it's something that, that really I believe every parent ought to do with their children. I think it's just a, a wonderful memory 
if your child can remember you, you know, as they get older and they remember their mom and dad, you know, kneeling with them. I understand everyone gets busy. If mom's putting them to bed, mom can do it. If dad's putting them to bed, dad can do it. But how great it would be, right, as they get older, that they remember their mother and their father getting down on their knees with them, right, when they were four and five and six and seven and eight and nine and ten years old, um, and, and praying with them, right, you know, at some point during the day or before they went to sleep or or what have you. So thank you, Lord Jesus. All right. For this reason... I kneel before the Father, verse 15, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. Okay, so um, certainly the, the, the idea of family is not, a, is not a human invention, right? Our heavenly Father is the author of family, right? Um, and the Father is the leader of the family, right? Um, you know, uh, as I said, we have a triune God, you know, the first member of the Trinity, God, the father in Jesus Christ is our heavenly father. Right. And, and so, you know, the whole picture of, of a father begins with our father in heaven. Right. And our father is the author of of family. Right. Now, this says it's a pretty interesting verse. It says, for this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. And so some believe, some scholars believe that, that you know, because it says his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name, you know, some scholars believe that, you know, there are, there are going to be little family units in heaven. Um, this certainly doesn't say that in the Bible. And one thing is for certain that, you know, we're not going to be married in heaven because we'll only be married to Jesus. Right. Um, when, you know, when, when an individual receives Christ as their Lord and savior, they become part of the body of Christ. They become part of the bride of Christ. We become part of the spiritual body of Jesus Christ, our Lord. We're connected. We're all one family individually and corporately, all Christians, the entire church all over the world for all ages, right, is part of the bride of Christ. We're, we're one with Jesus spiritually, and we will be for all eternity. Marriage, I went to a wonderful wedding um, yesterday. Um, man, it was a beautiful Christ-centered wedding. Um, Caleb and Kayla just, uh, man, I was, I was crying in worship. It was wonderful. Um, and then today, um, you know, Megan and, uh, and her husband are getting married today. And, uh, man, I'm excited about that. Um, and so, yeah, you know, back-to-back -back weddings, Friday night and then Saturday night. Um, and just, just Christ-centered weddings. So thank you, Lord Jesus. Um, but, you know, we're, we're all family you know, in the body of Christ. Now, now, you know, biblical marriage, right? When a man and woman get married, that's a picture. That marriage is a picture of the believer's marriage to Jesus Christ. When you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, um, the spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes in and joins himself to your spirit and you receive eternal life. You see, you receive spiritual life, right? You go from spiritual death to actually becoming spiritually alive. And you're one now with the spirit of Jesus. You're married to Jesus spiritually, right? Now, 
Now, physical marriage in this life between a man and a woman is a picture of that biblical marriage, that spiritual marriage to Jesus Christ. Um, and so it's a beautiful picture of that. So we are certainly married to Jesus individually and corporately as a church, as the body of Christ, right? So Paul says, for this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. Now we're going to get into this prayer here, and it's, uh, I mean, the prayer is incredible. Again, in uh, the first teaching, um, or actually, I'm sorry, it was the second teaching in, in the book of Ephesians, we had the prayer in chapter 1. Um, and now here, look at this prayer that Paul says, verse 16. He said, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Now look at this. Who's he speaking out? He's speaking about the father here, right? Verse 14, for this reason, I kneel before the father from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, the Father's glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit. You see there, the Holy Spirit in your inner being, verse 17, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. So you see the Trinity there very clearly, right? Verse 14, kneel before the Father, right? Verse uh, 16, um, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit. Um, verse 17, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Again, the mystery of the, the Trinity, um, again, of, of, of us having one God. He is one God. It's not three gods, okay? Um, it's one God, one being, right? Um, but three separate, individual, distinct persons. As I've said before, um, you and I are human beings. That's what we are. We're one being, but we're also one person, right? A human being, that's what you are. Um, who you are is your person. Like, I'm a human being. I'm one being. And my person is John Morton, okay? Um, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. God is one being, right, as well. But he's so immense, right? Um, that that he is actually three separate individual persons, right? God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. Again, it's just boom. I mean, it's just too much, right, Uncle Dan? It's just it's just so much to grasp, Esther. But the truth of the Word of God is that in Jesus Christ, we actually have relationship with each member of the Trinity. God the Father is our Heavenly Father, Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior and Master and King, and God the Holy Spirit is our guide, our counselor, our comforter. Um, again, in Jesus, we have and should cultivate relationship with each member of the Trinity. So Paul says in verse 16, I pray that out of his glorious riches, it's, it's wonderful that our Father, our Heavenly Father, and, and we are His children in Jesus Christ. Now, again, if you're not sure you're a Christian today, or if you're not a Christian today, um, if you would say, you know, yeah, I believe in Jesus intellectually, but no, I'm not trusting in Jesus. I don't know that I'm relying on Jesus. I don't know that I'm clinging to Jesus for the forgiveness of my sins and the salvation of my soul. If you have some 
any other concept of heaven, if you think somehow your good is going to help you get to heaven, um, then that's not a Christian. Okay, a Christian is someone who understands that they're they're sinful, and that they need a savior, and that they're hopeless, helpless, and desperate, and that. Only in Jesus Christ can they receive the forgiveness of their sins, the salvation of their soul, deliverance from eternal hell, and spend eternity in heaven when they die. Okay, so I mean John one twelve says yet says that yet to all who received him, Jesus, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Have you genuinely received? Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That's a promise. John 1, 12, yet to all who received him, Jesus, to those who believed in his name, Jesus, he gave the right to become children of God. If you're not sure, right? If you would say, you know what? I'm not sure that I'm a Christian, but I know that I want to be, right? Simply just go before Jesus and receive him now. Just humble yourself before Jesus and, and call out to him, right? Um, you know, it's it's not our words that save us, okay? It's Christ that saves us. But we certainly use our words to communicate our heart to Jesus. So simply go before him in prayer and confess, Lord Jesus, I, I confess, I know that I'm a sinful person, Lord Jesus. I know that I've done wrong, Lord. Lord Jesus, I believe that I am hopeless and helpless and desperate without you. But Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. And I do believe your word that you came into this world and lived a perfect life, even for me, and that you died a, a perfect, torturous death, Lord, even for me. And Lord Jesus, I believe you are alive and risen today. And therefore, I ask you now, Lord Jesus, to come into my heart. I ask you to be the Lord of my life. I ask you to save me from my sin and to bring me to heaven when I die. Lord Jesus, I place all my faith and hope and trust and confidence in you alone to save me and to be my everlasting Lord and God. That's how you become a Christian, right? That's how you receive Christ, okay? Now, again, it, you don't, it's not just puppeting the words. It's not just going through the motions. That's important. But again, the words, use the words I just used, right? Again, if you're not sure, rewind the tape, go back, use the same words I used. But obviously, it's the, uh, you know, it's the genuineness and the sincerity of your heart that matters to the Lord, right? Um, and so Paul says in verse 16, I pray that out of his glorious riches, okay? If you're a Christian today, God the Father is your heavenly Father, and he has glorious riches, okay? Um, he's not, uh, you know, he's not limited in his riches. He's certainly not poor, right? But he has glorious riches. Paul said, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. So again, it's kind of a complex prayer, but listen to it again. Paul's saying, I pray, and we want to pray this. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. Father, in the name of Jesus today. Father, I pray that out of your glorious riches, that you would strengthen us one and all with power through your Holy Spirit in our inner being. Mm. What a prayer, right? And 
And you notice Paul asks for strength in the inner being, in your inner man, in your inner woman. Normally, when we ask God for strength, we want strength and healing and blessing in our physical bodies and in our physical lives. And for the most part, everything we think about is in the is in the outward physical realm. But Paul's prayer here is that our Father, through his Holy Spirit, would strengthen us, right, with power by his Holy Spirit in our inner being, right? I mean, don't you want your spirit to be strengthened? Don't you want your soul to be strengthened? Don't you want your your, your inner man or your, your inner woman to be strengthened, right, with the power of God? I mean, what a prayer that is, right? I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. Verse 17, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. You know, there's a difference between someone who comes and visits a home, right? Or, or visits you somewhere, you know, stay at a coffee shop or something. Um, and someone who dwells there, right? Is is Jesus someone that's just uh, that's there in your heart, um, you know, and just shows up sometimes? Or is Jesus dwelling in your heart through faith? Uh, every teaching, you hear me start out the teaching by saying, you know, are you spending time with Jesus, loving on Jesus, growing to know Jesus? Um, the purpose of this strengthening, Paul says, in our inner being is that the more strengthened we are in our inner being, the more strengthened our devotion to Jesus, right, Lauren? The more, the more time we just spend in growing to know Jesus, right? I mean, the more than he, the more that he will dwell in our heart, our hearts through faith, and the more we'll experience it. Well, the more we'll experience the indwelling Jesus. May is there anything better than that? Can there be anything possibly better than experiencing the presence? of the indwelling Christ in our hearts. If you're a genuine Christian today, yes, Christ lives in your hearts, but but experiencing the indwelling Christ is something different, right? Um, wow, Father. Father, I do pray that you would strengthen us one and all today, all those who hear this, Lord, that you'd strengthen us with power through your whole spirit in our inner being so that Christ may, may dwell in our hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love. Father, I do pray that we would one and all be rooted and established in love, right? Um, you want the love of Christ. You want the roots of the love of Christ to go deep down into your inner man, deep down into your soul, right? Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions, right? You, you want the love of Christ to go deep deep down. It, you, you know, you want it to be rooted. You want to be rooted in the love of Christ, right? Rooted in knowing his love for you and rooted in, in loving him, right, Alicia? Um, wow. Golly. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love, Father, I pray that we would be rooted and established in the love of Jesus Christ, our Lord, in your love, Father, in your love, Holy Spirit, and help us, Holy Spirit, to walk in love for you and for our Heavenly Father and for you, Lord Jesus. And I pray that you being rooted and established, Lord, we want to be established and grounded with a foundation in the love of Christ, Father. 
And I pray that you being rooted and established in love, verse 18, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. This is quite a prayer here, right, y'all? Look at that, Leah. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. Father, I do pray for us one and all today in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that we would be rooted and established in love. And I, Father, I pray that we would have power together today with, with all the saints, with all our brothers and sisters in Christ, with all the Christians all over the world. Father, I pray we'd have power to grasp. I pray that we would, you would give us power to grasp, to understand, to comprehend, to have a revelation of how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. Look at that. What is that? What does that represent, y'all? Think about this, right? You know, power to grasp how wide. You put your two arms out, you just stretch them out, you know, all the way to the left and right. That's how wide, right? Um, and then, you know, how long, right? And then how high, and then how deep, right? And you could see that, that those four things, right, Kristen? How wide and long and high and deep, it forms a cross, right? The place where we'll best understand how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, Gwenda, is at the cross of Christ where our God, Jesus, the Son of God, God the Son, became a human man for us, one and all, willingly became a human man for us, lived the perfect righteous life for us that we could never live, died a torturous death for us that we should have died and then was raised from the dead, right? If you want to understand and begin to understand, if I want to begin to understand how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, we look at the cross where Jesus went and was tortured on our behalf, where he was punished on our behalf, was judged on our behalf to keep us from an eternal hell separated from the triune God, from our Father, and from Jesus, and from the Holy Spirit. Father, I pray that we would have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. Verse 19, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge. Father, I do pray that you would help us to know this love of Christ and to know it in a way that goes beyond just just head knowledge, Lord. Father, forgive me, Lord, where just my, my understanding of so many things is just a, a head knowledge. Father, help us, Lord. Help us, Father, to get out of our own way and that we would know this love of Christ in a way that goes beyond just human understanding, a way that goes beyond just, just uh, knowledge and head knowledge. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. My goodness. I don't know about y'all, Scott, right? But, but I don't know that I often feel, I don't know if I've ever felt, right? Or experienced 
being filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. I mean, look at that. That you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. This prayer ends, right? From verse 16 to 19, that when this prayer is answered, when we pray this to our Heavenly Father or to Jesus or the Holy Spirit, this prayer is to the Father, right? Um, again, you can pray to God the Father. He's God. You could pray to God the Son, Jesus. He's God. Or God the Holy Spirit, okay? They're all God. They don't get jealous, okay? We certainly praise and worship God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, right? Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen, right? Now, we, we don't pray to people, okay? Um, you don't pray to people alive or dead, okay? Again, uh, all the prayer in your life ought to be directed to either God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, or God the Holy Spirit, along with your praise and worship and thanksgiving, right? And and really, the more we we really, we really, just receive in this prayer, the deeper we understand the love of Christ and walk in the love of Christ and serve Jesus in the love of Christ and love one another in the love of Christ. Paul says that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Father, uh, that just seems incomprehensible to us. But Father, I do pray you would help us to be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God, Father, um, as you strengthen us with power through your spirit in our inner being so that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. And Father, we pray that being rooted and established in love, we may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, the love of the cross, and to know this love, Father, that surpasses our, our head knowledge, Lord that we may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Um, golly, Lord, filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Um, Father, fill us up today. Fill us up today with more of you, with more Jesus. Verse 20, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. Verse 21, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Father, may you, you be glorified, Lord, in all the church and only in Jesus. There is no glory to the Father outside of Christ Jesus. We cannot glorify God the Father in any manner or in any way, except in Jesus Christ, our Lord, okay? God the Father sent God the Son, Jesus, into the world that we might be redeemed, that we might be saved, and that he might be glorified in Christ Jesus. Now, it's interesting. When it says, be glory in the church, you know, when you read these words, it can come up into our hearts that, you know, Father, why are you looking for glory? I mean, I mean, seriously. I mean, why do you even, you know, what's the deal with this and you, you wanting to be glorified? It can seem very self-serving. 
obviously, right? Uh, not one human being is it okay for us to say, you know, um, that, you know, that, that, that we need to be glorified, right? That, that we need to be shown off, that all of our amazing gifts and talents need to be on display, that our incredible love needs to be on display. That's not okay. This is not a self-serving attribute in the Trinity, okay? Our Father doesn't need glory. And when we glorify him, it doesn't help him. It doesn't add to him, okay? Um, when our when we glorify our Father and when he receives glory, you know, uh, from his glory, we are blessed, right? I mean, when he is glorified, it spills over onto us, right? Um, you know, Remember in verse 13, when Paul said, I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are your glory. The more that we, we bring glory to our heavenly father and to Jesus and the Holy Spirit in the church, right? The more his name is glorified, the deeper we'll understand him, the deeper we'll understand his love. OK, so when glorif when he's looking, you know, when the Bible says to glorify God, um, our father doesn't need Again, our glory, it doesn't help him. It doesn't, it doesn't benefit him. It doesn't build up his ego, so to speak. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't make him feel more, right? He's utterly complete, right? Our triune God, uh, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are complete, right? They're, you know, we don't, we don't add to it. But when he's glorified, the more he's glorified, the more that we understand him, right? The more we understand his love and, and the more that will we'll shower, shower down onto us, right? Now to him who is to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. Try to think about that. Just think about that for one, just, just think about that for a second here. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, try to, um, you know, try to just stand, sit there for a minute and imagine the most unimaginable thing. Try to think about anything you could ask or even imagine to ask of your heavenly father and let that sink in. Okay. So you're thinking of the most unimaginable thing. Just, just try to sit there and spend some time thinking about anything you could imagine that you could ask. And now let's listen to this verse. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or even all we can imagine to do, Krista. I mean, wow. Golly, y'all. Now to him who is able to do, and look at this word, immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine. So when you, when you get to your deepest imagination of anything you could ask of God, right? Anything you could ask for in prayer and receive at the, 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 the biggest depth of your imagination, right, Matt? And he can do, he is able to do immeasurably more than that. He could do so much more than that than what we can imagine. It's not even measurable. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his, uh, his power, according to his power, that is at work within us. Imagine that. This, is, this, this, this power to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine is actually working in us and living in us 
And again, the more we walk with Jesus and know the love of Christ, right? The more we can actually grasp and understand how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. The more we understand the cross and really all that was done for us there, the more that we will really tap into this power um, and just go deeper in understanding this being filled to this measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, verse 21, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. The only generation we have any control over is, you know, is the one we're in, right? What's a generation? Every 25 years or so. Um, and so, you know, you know, in our lives, I mean, what do we impact? We can impact maybe three, sometimes four generations, right? But are, what are you doing in your generation? What am I doing in my generation? Are, are we living our lives in a way that there would be glory to our heavenly father in the church, glory to Jesus, glory to the Holy Spirit, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Father, we love you, we worship you, we thank you and we praise you today. Father, we pray that you would open the eyes of our hearts. Again, Father, we pray that out of your glorious riches that you would strengthen us with power through your Holy Spirit in our inner being so that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. And Father, we pray that we would be rooted and established in the love of Christ and that we would have power together with all the saints, with all the Christians all over the world to truly grasp and understand and comprehend more deeply how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And that we would know this love, Father, that surpasses just our head knowledge. Father, that we may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Father, we worship you and we thank you today. We thank you for your mercy and goodness on our lives. Holy Spirit, we ask you to seal this message to our hearts now. We ask you to continue to give us eyes that see Jesus, ears that hear him, and help us, Holy Spirit, to bring glory to our Heavenly Father in the church, in Christ Jesus, in our generation, here and now, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.